0: eclectic family that you could ever imagine surrounded by complete unconditional love i'm a bloke that fell over a lot without a plan and then eventually got a break you sometimes get carried away with everything will be all right and that's the theme that's run through for many years after that i'll always be all right which Mm -hmm. i believe I've got no fear because once you've gone through certain things and you've worked it out, it too shall pass, everything will be alright, just surround yourself with good people. Resilience is the need on a pursuit of something to take a punch or a kick or a fall and get through it, it's alright, go again, go again, so long as the pursuit's worth it or the right thing to do, you've got to take a knock and now have good days and bad days. I'll always look for the best in every day and I'll deal with the bad thing knowing that it will pass. So we got, we got a trick of disasters that happened to us within a period of three years. But it's definitely my why and it's definitely why I got through the MBO failure. Because there's a bigger purpose to life than, than just business. Right. So if I, if I kind of get to where we are now, I love it. I'm loyal to our culture. And you'd find it hard for me to talk badly about anyone in my team. We're on the same page, we're on a journey, we're all at different parts of our journey. We know where we want to go, we know what success looks like, we know what failure looks like. Without getting all cheesy about it, it's it's snakes and ladders, isn't it? You want to live to your hundreds, you're going to have ups and downs, you're going to throw a six, you're going to throw a one occasionally, but the game keeps going. Just enjoy the ride, right?
1: I believe everyone has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks Podcast, produced by H2 Productions. Okay. (laughs) Welcome to the final episode of Series 4 of the podcast. And I could not think of a better guest to round off the series. He's an award winning entrepreneur, winning numerous awards, including Entrepreneur of the Year, Businessman of the Year, and the greatest contribution to the community. Plus, the founder of several award winning talent driven organisations, including LoveLocalJobs.com, LoveLocalJobs Foundation, and ICP Search. I might, might guess many years ago when I first come to Brighton with the salon. He did a talk at the Amex at a networking event and spoke about his journey and how in life we often need a helping hand, someone to give us a leg up, believe in us and create opportunities as someone had done for him. Well, over the past decade, he has without doubt been one of those people for me who's had a profound impact and influence on my life. It gives me great pleasure to welcome the founder of Authentic Resilience and someone I'm lucky enough to call a good friend, the one and only
0: Gary Peters to the podcast. Thank you, Sam. That's very nice, wasn't it? <laughs> mate, Did I do any typos there, or did I yeah. it right?
1: <laughs> Mate, I'm really pleased you sent that over just before we come in. <laughs> so, uh, uh, look, mate, it's only taken me four series, a 24-hour podcast, and um, to get you on, and here you are.
0: Thank you for having me,
1: mate. Mate, awesome. Buzzing to have it. Um, we'll jump straight in, shall we? Why not? Listen, start... I want to tell the listeners about your story, but start off with... Talk to me a little bit about life growing up. Something about that that's shaped who you are, who the person who sits in front of me today.
0: Have I grown up? You know, <laughs> what, what's my boundaries here? Yeah, mate, you, you know boundaries. <coughs> Go with it. I think I've got quite philosophical in my like mid-older years, right? And I've kind of broken life up into two parts now, if you like. So growing up for me would have been age 0 to 46, right? I'm 47 <laughs> now. So in my head, I'm on the second part of my my journey. A bit like a football analogy, right? I've done the first half. But right at the beginning of the first half, I had the most incredible time growing up. So from the ages of 0 to... should we go, 18? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just the best. So I grew up in Dixon, Rice, Brighton. 43B... Shared a bedroom with my sister for 20 years. Um, My mum worked incredibly hard for us, as did my dad. He was a mechanic. My mum mostly worked in supermarkets in between looking after us. My sister's four years younger than me, and I had the most eclectic family that you could ever imagine, surrounded by complete, unconditional love. Um, Good lad at school not the most academic it's got to be said which is why <laughs> we sound the same I would imagine <laughs> to the three GCSEs if I'm lucky and I can't remember them because they're in the bin um, but yeah I had the best life Like I could talk to you about growing up in the younger years for, for as long as you like Did think, you enjoy school then? Um, I loved I loved being at school I didn't like the system not that I knew what the system was when I was 6, 12 yeah. or 15 or whatever I didn't I didn't care for learning, I cared for having fun and, and all that stuff. And I know exactly where that all comes from now that I've made the time over the years to look back on who I am and what I'm all about. Where? where, where is it? Well, I touched on my <clears throat> parents, let's start with them. They worked incredibly hard. Everyone knew who they were, who they are. Um, my dad always wanted to make people laugh, he was always center of attention whenever we got a taxi somewhere, a walk somewhere, oh, I know your dad. So he used to be a pretty good footballer in his day, a boxer, Um, just always had a smile on his face Mm. and always did right by people. My mum was probably the the louder boss of the family, equally smothering people in love. Um, And between the two of them, they gave me all the confidence I need. And and both had very different sets of parents, so my grandparents. Mm. My mum's side, particularly my nan, who I adore, uh, adored, or adore. she's passed now, but she's a mad Irish lady called Bridget who used to work <laughs> in many restaurants and, and pubs around town and the casino that used to be down the road from Brighton Station. She, she and um, her husband, my granddad, um, just made me feel so special. Always told me I was lucky and doing good and stuff like that. So it just gave me the more confidence than I ever ever needed. Then on my dad's side of grandparents, well, my grandparents and my dad's side, as much love, but much more strict and traditional in their mm-hmm. ways, which gave me a good balance of not getting too carried away, being a cheeky chappie, which I certainly was and probably maintain, mm. um, but a good amount of discipline with love as well, which gave me a good balance. Um, the things that I remember most growing up, Preston Park, always been in the park with mates, and if I didn't know, him, I'd walk up to him and just ask to play football um, and many family holidays to Benidorm. So when people grow <laughs> up now, they talk about, you know, you've got to work in a pub or or whatever to get to know people. Tried 25 trips to Benidorm <laughs> with your mum, your dad, your nan, your granddad, your sister, <laughs> your uncle, whoever, um, to have the most eclectic, wonderful upbringing that you could ever imagine. Incredible. I know they were right? Oh, unbelievable. Um, but my parents worked really hard to give me the life that I that I had, and I'm forever grateful. It's there that I learned. I me- I remember being, being around friends and that who had, maybe their parents were a bit wealthier and this, that, and the other. And I remember on occasion being, oh, wish I could have that, I wish I could have this. I played for one of my sports at school was to play hockey. I did all right at hockey, old Mr. Deswani, thank you. Um <laughs> I remember turning up to places like Bisham Abbey in these big, posh schools and that. And my dad would turn up in our second-hand Cortina, a bright yellow one that has a particular memory for me. And it was almost, remember when Uncle Buck turns up to pick the the (laughs) girl up and it goes bang. It was like one of those moments as they're turning up in BMWs and Mercedes, but it just didn't matter. Didn't want for anything like that. Just had the most perfect upbringing, for which I'm really, really grateful.
1: Listening to that, I mean, that's incredible. But what... path you 've taken where did can you pinpoint or do you remember that that entrepreneurial life that you 've led then setting up your own business and doing that where Where does that inspiration come from to what did you always have that a little bit inside you was you ever a thought process of going going run my own business one day from a young age or where does that come from
0: no so i th- I think there's several types of entrepreneur there 's the ones that maybe they're they're from stock, whether it be education or people around them that have got a good idea and a good support network and this, that and the other, and they've got an idea they crack on. And fair play to them, that's a, a blinding way of doing it. I'm I'm from a different stock, which is one that didn't do well at school academically. Went to college twice and dropped out twice after six months. And I picked the easiest course you could do, but I just <laughs> couldn't see what it did through you do? to completion. A GMVQ in leisure and tourism. And the, the only inspiration at that time to do that wasn't an inspiration. It was when Mr. Brittus used to be on telly. He used to run a leisure centre, I think. It was, a, it was a silly thing to do, and I know why I went there. It was predominantly female-led. There, was, there were girls there and fun, and I kind of pursued that more than an education. And that kind of summed up more what I was about at that time. So when it comes to being... An entrepreneur, which is a word I can't stand, by the way, but oh, yeah. it's the way that we're described. Yeah. Um, I think it sounds arrogant and all the rest of it. I'm a bloke that fell over a lot without a plan and then eventually got a break, which I know we'll, we'll touch on later. Mm-hmm. But I was reflecting on this. When I was walking here today, I went a nostalgic route. So I walked past my first um, playgroup. I walked past my first school. I walked past my second school. Downs First, Downs Junior. Then I walked down down this way, and there's a place on the left towards the bottom called Freehold Old Terrace. And my dad did have a his own business for a few years, uh, running a garage. And I suppose, and he would tell me now, that there was an entrepreneurial streak in him as well. But I just remember it didn't work out for a variety of reasons, but one mainly being that the landlord at the time kept doubling his rent. So whenever he gained a yard... He'd lost two, and that had a hard impact on everyone, yeah. particularly him. I want
1: to. I want to you mentioned a couple of times, obviously, about the education side of it and not being academic, and and obviously we're, we're we're touched on later on about obviously the foundation and love local jobs and what you do with that. I'm just keen to understand w- w- what's your thoughts on the education system as it is now, like in regards to the structure archaic not you go into schools with the foundation going to inspire the next generation. What's your what's your take on, on the on
0: the system? There's a Einstein quote <clears throat> if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you will forever think it's stupid. Um which kind of sums up my feelings on it. Not yeah. just be, to protect me, the, the Wally at school. Yeah. Um, I think If it works for you, it's fantastic, and if it doesn't, it's not. So I think we're we're in an age now where maybe we could modernise a lot and move away from the archaic structure that we have. It's not teachers' faults. It's not anyone who works in education wants change, Um, but it's set up wrong. Um, And they're they're working too hard, i.e. teachers, Uh, and the cream will always rise to the top, but as many young people within that system that I believe is broken. That um, would have a much better chance of realizing their full potential if those things around them were improved and better. Yeah. Uh, a lot needs to be done on it, but today's not a day for politics. because so <laughs> You will get me going. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> that, that's when we got <laughs> for the next
1: episode. I, I'm sure we can we can. Say. It is interesting because I I think we share. Well, we spoke a little bit about offline. I think we share similar values around it, and because again, similar as we've often mentioned i wasn't the most academic at school so it was that you, you do look at it and, uh, and i always refer to the twins now because obviously there's going to be a comparison they're the same age <laughs> the twins so and i just it blew my mind when like they bring me it when Lucas seven going he's a little bit behind i'm like behind what uh, yeah i'm like oh, oh i was like kelly because she's academic she's like oh we've got to do this and we I'm like, oh we ain't got to do that. yeah i've got like, the same he,
0: thing he, he's he'll be all right kate uh, and I. Kate, my wife, Kate, legends. Yeah, legend. yeah. Um, we're chalk and cheese, right? So I'm, I'm the guy who's hustled out of wherever I've come from and yeah. and blagged to live in. Yeah. Kate's got every letter after her name and incredibly intelligent. So when it comes to that balance of bringing up kids, it's a great balance for them because yeah. they, they can they can take a bit of each of us in that regard. But when it comes to homework and stuff. Maybe I'm a bit too laid back and maybe Kate can sometimes be a bit too strict but the kids work it out. But yeah. yeah. It what's right or wrong. Yeah, I don't no, know.
1: You're right, you right. It's interesting. Like you said, we're that's something that we're uh, I'm sure we'll cover on a, on another episode. But look, t- tell me, we well, obviously the football side of things, you you know Brighton's books, talk to me about that process and you know, obviously wanting to be a footballer, not a bad player from what i on the pitch review, well,
0: before I've mentioned it a few times, haven't I? <laughs> the older I get, the better I was. <laughs> the, um, it was weird because I started off a few years later than most of my friends in football. Um, Hollenbury Hawks was the team, Pete Medhurst, Barry Wallace were my managers, absolute legends. Um, my dad used to, and my mum used to take me to these games, you know, through the wind, rain, and shine, and all yeah. the rest of it. But I remember being a bit overweight with a funny haircut when I first went. <laughs> I don't think it was the time when mum stitched me up with a hairdresser who actually did put a bowl around my head and cut round it. It was a little bit worse because it kind of had a fringe <laughs> and then went down. Um, no scars. Um, <laughs> did but you see did that? You picture? Just, <laughs> I, another day. But uh, I remember turning up and I was playing goal. You know, chubby bloke goes in goal. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. So it went. You know, and these shots are getting fired at me and I did all right in goal. And then I was taking um, goal kicks with my left foot and had. And half a decent ping about it yeah. <clears throat> I, and we, you, we were unbelievable this team I won't go on about this team but anyone who knows knows that we won everything yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had several players in there that went on to Albion's books but somehow I ended up a left back um, within this Hollandbury Hawks team and then got scouted along with several others that, that did really well a couple of them made it pro and uh, yeah, I think from the age of 12, 13 I was on Albion's books Wow. As a full-back, been teed up to take over um, the pros there and all the rest of it. I lived the dream for several years, going to school in the track suit, being highlighted as the next big thing and wow. all of that. I was good, um, but I soon rapidly declined after the age of 17. And th- the truth is I never had my heart in it anyway. I th- it was much like everything else in my life at that time. It was just a laugh. Really? I-, I wasn't made to be a footballer.
1: But, th- w- 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 but in that process, was you... Obviously, being on someone's books from a young age like that, did you think to yourself, hey, This is going to be my life, I'm going to be it? Yeah. And there's
0: a, there's a downside to being surrounded with unconditional love, which is that you sometimes get carried away with everything will be all right. And that's a theme that's run through for many years after that. I'll always be all right, which yeah. I believe. Yeah. Touch wood. Um But I was going to be a footballer, so what? Not, I'm going to be a footballer. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah, I'll probably beat one.
1: Well, you know, yeah.
0: it was that type of thing. Yeah, okay. Um, so I was never in it enough. Well, if my dad was in, I know he'd argue you were this and you're that and whatever. Yeah. But if your if your head's not in it, my, my motivation was probably wearing the the tracksuit, yeah. the the um, confidence it gave me around town, yeah. those sorts of things more than the pursuit of excellence in being a professional in a sport. Right. So when I was released, it was a dent to my ego because right. I had been promised. It had been set up and it was a surprise. So I was more embarrassed than angry and devastated. Okay. And then you come out of that then,
1: at that age, 16, 17. Like you said, some people devastated I'm sure at that age, like you said, a group of several of you, some of you didn't make it, some maybe, take but you didn't. So what was your, in your head then, what's your plan for the future? What did you think, what
0: am I gonna do? I didn't have a plan, and this is why life for me is up until 46, I've never had a plan. So I think that's why I get embarrassed with the the entrepreneur word, because typically that's associated with success, drive, um, clarity, goal winning, and all the rest of it. I've never had a plan, I've completely blagged everything and gone everything, done everything the wrong way round. I've set up a foundation before, I've made a quid in life, you know, <laughs> what's that all about? That's just driven by love and passion and wanting to make a difference, which we'll touch on later. But yeah, when I got released from the Albion, um, I was embarrassed. I remember a year later, a friend of mine, Darren Freeman, he ended up playing for Brighton for a bit, I think he'd just been signed from Newbury, and my dad he did his best in that and he bought me my first new car, an orange Mini Mark 1 Mini and it was next to a, a Vauxhall Astra. They're both for sale and this road off of Milo. Um, we're like, I mean, walking towards these two cars and there's the Mini 250 or near offer and then there's the Astra for like 500 or near offer and I'm walking towards this car with my dad going, you absolute legends. <coughs> You've sorted me out of Vauxhall Astra which at the time, they were the car, right? Like, oh no. <laughs> He's got the keys to the mini. And so I've gone from being this shiny tracksuit, footballing, wannabe bit of a dickhead, to driving around in a Mark One orange, um shitty excuse my French mini. <laughs> and it it was quite a come down but you know it's the best car I've ever had with the best memories and I I love every second but it's just a fall from grace but the the reason I mentioned Darren Freeman he was driving along Old Shoreham Road one day and I I was trying to sell it as soon as I had it for a bit (laughs) and he's just got a convertible brand new car and he had two ladies in the back of it music blaring and we got to the traffic lights and he's only a few years older than me he's obviously nailed it he just looked over he went oh mate I see your car's for sale and he I don't know if you remember the flip front stereos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. He just popped that out. He went, I'll swap you. That for your car. <laughs> oh, and then cool. the lights went green and he sped off. And I was like, oh yeah, he, that's good. But, wow. you know, it, it's a fool but so what? Yeah. It was all right. It was funny and I'll do that on the chin and you move on, right? I
1: look, and and as you alluded to a few times like saying about tripped over you get back up again and that whole your attitude towards life that everything's going to be all right. Seems there's just a lack of there's no fear of failure. Is that because does that come from the
0: unconditional love that you always it doesn't think so. it doesn't really matter. I think it's so. You surround yourself with like whenever whenever you if you have the ability to talk to people who can add value to your life when you're going through something, hmm. they'd always take you back to your childhood to understand for you to understand who you are, where you've come from, what you're about. So you can highlight those areas of strength and you can work on those areas of weakness or maybe areas where you believe you're not as good at something as what you could be. Right? Yeah. So for me, that unconditional love thing can link to naivety, right? Yeah. A bit like the terrible people who go on, Britain's Got Talent, they actually think they're good, don't they? <laughs> but they're so bad. And yeah, you have to pinch yeah. yourself sometimes and go, am I one of them? Yeah. Um <laughs> I've I've got no fear because once you've gone through certain things and you've worked it out, it too shall pass. Everything will be all right. Just surround yourself with good people. You know, when it's time to worry, like worry, but what are you going to do about it? Yeah. How can you change it? How can you get out of it? And it'll be someone you know, yeah. just to give you that bit of support or confidence or some reflection on something you've already been through before. Yeah. Um, it'll all be all right. It's so fascinating, I obviously mentioned in the
1: introduction about obviously, our relationship over the last 10 years when we've, since we've sort of met and, and I've, I've mentioned it a few times and that, you're exactly right, I still I remember that, this very similar conversation when I just shut, closed the salon, met me, rang me, you're alright mate, let's meet up have a drink, we met in the Hilton, and we sat there and we had this conversation, you go, it'll all be alright, and you know what, it's that, and I'm similar to you in the sense that I do always think, well, what, what, what can you do? Everything's going to be alright. We're, we're optimists, are we? It's always going to be alright. So I do always think like that. But obviously, at that low point, when you sort of, you know, you do question yourself about certain things. But yeah. you're right. You talk to people. You surround yourself with people. Give you that little bit of a boost. But just having that conversation to go,
0: actually, this is just a phase, and it'll pass. And something else will happen. It'll, and all it'll be alright. It surround yourself with good people, right? that's the key and it, there is definite naivety to it and as you get older you work out those people that are snakes mm. and you work out those people who are ladders yeah, yeah. And just stick close to the ladders right yeah, yeah. without getting all cheesy about it it's, yeah, lives, yeah, yeah. it's snakes and ladders isn't it yeah, you want to live yeah. to your hundreds yeah. you're going to have ups and downs yeah. and you're going to throw a six you're going to throw a one occasionally but the game keeps going just yeah. enjoy the ride right and that's got to be the key message isn't it. that is the key thing about all of it:
1: is just <coughs> enjoy it yeah. enjoy the process whatever it is to, even when you come in on that snake and you're go going you still try and enjoy that pr- yeah. the process in some way which ain't always easy is it no. when you're under pressure and things are not going right and
0: is it? now that I am of an age at 47 I'm still young I know I am but equally I'm a lot older than what I was the, the trick for me is that I've got through stuff and on the surface it looks alright but there's been times Kate and I have been in tears and things have been really hard. Like everyone else, mm-hmm. there's no sob story any better or any worse than anyone else's. Mm. Um, in the not too re- recent past as well. Um, but my, my second half analogy on life is that with the experiences, the resilience, and the people that I've got around me now, I can now create a plan where I can be in more control. So I've, I've come out of a family with unconditional love, I've blagged a living because of a break that someone gave me once upon a time, for which I'm very grateful. I've done all right. I've made so many mistakes. You don't go on social media and go, I've made an absolute balls up today, or (laughs) I'm I'm deep in despair. Well, why not? You should. You should be more authentic. There's a a line between authentic and stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with everything I've learned now about people, life, work, the things I've got right, the things I've got wrong... I'm excited for my next chapter, which is the second half, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but more on that later, right? Eh? Yeah. We will get on to that, because uh, we couldn't go through the,
1: through this podcast episode without sharing a story, which maybe there's one or two people out there right. that haven't heard. Well, I'm th- not sure, I, I, know, I, know, I know you know. don't talk about it much.
0: Yeah, I think I know the one. <laughs> so this is the thing I said you mustn't mention, because it's a secret.
1: I've tried to keep it under wraps, mate, but I thought I was privileged to have the conversation and find out about it. I thought
0: I've got to share it with these listeners. So please talk me. Well, I'm a bit rusty up. now. I haven't told it for about <laughs> half hour. So the story goes like this. So I'll put some seriousness to it and then I'll put some, some fun to it. But I'll skip the hour and a half version because we haven't got all day. So I went to college twice, dropped out twice, as we know. Um... Then I got a job in a pub. The Black Lion Harvester, it used to be. I think it's Miller and Carter now in Patton. Yeah. Big Aussie bloke is my boss, Mark Dillon, legend. Um, we became good mates whilst we were there. And uh, he used to have a. He was an Australian guy over from Australia. So he used to have pictures of his family on his bedroom wall in the, in the pub, right? So one is of this very pretty brunette lady um, who was his sister, and her name was Kate. So, with that one, to open a can of worms, I suggested that he had a very pretty sister, and uh, I very much look forward to seeing her when she comes over. To which he threatened me with my life. Right? <laughs> so anyway, she comes over, um, and it's mad. I'm in love, right? I've just besotted with this lady, and um, he appears not to be too happy about it. Anyway, he goes travelling around Europe. We strike a friendship, and. Uh, The kind of rest is history. So we're skipping on, otherwise I'll turn into a Mills and Boone story. (laughs) I quit everything again. So there's a path here, right? Thrown out of football. Didn't do great in my GCSEs. Dropped out of my GMVQ first one after six months. And then I dropped out of the next one after six months as well. I'm not going anywhere too quick. I'm 19 now. I'm 18, 19. My mates are starting to get, you know cars and decent jobs after graduating and all that stuff i've just met a guy in a pub and i'm off to emigrate forever like what what sort <laughs> of knob am i what, why <coughs> what are you doing so mum and dad are like look what are you doing you're breaking our up, but fill your boots off you go so off i go to live in australia forever right. at 19 <clears throat> yeah 19 well, i'm in love i know so i'm following so I land on the, the Gold Coast, not a shabby part of the world. Um, and I'm staying with Terry, Kate's dad, and um, Maureen, Kate's mum, who is an absolute legend. It has to be said. It's a, it's a word that's overused. And uh, these people, if I'm mentioning them, they are legends. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> anyway, Kate's earning the money. I played for the Gold Coast out there and another team called the Palm Beach um, Sharks. And if you are English out there, this is 1995. If you're English, you're a footballer, let alone if you're any good, because they weren't very good <laughs> back then. Right? Yeah. So next thing, I, I'm half a big deal in, on the Gold Coast, and um, I'm walking along the beach, because I'm not working in the, in the day. Kate's earning the money, and I'm just poncing around until I get a visa, if I so wished. <coughs> and who do I bump into along the beach? Well, I bump into Harry Redknapp <laughs> and Frank Lampard, don't I? Not <laughs> Frank Lampard now, his dad, Yeah, so yeah. Frank Lampard Senior. Anyway, what I didn't mention is that when I got released from Brighton, I went to Bournemouth on trial, and Harry Redknapp was the, the guy there. Um, but Tony Pullis took over, and the first thing that um, Pullis did was was uh, ding me out. So I bump into Harry, Harry Redknapp, and he tells yeah. I I, I, well, I literally walked past him on the beach. <clears throat> he didn't recognise me. Fair play, I recognised him. <laughs> and I was due to go and pick Kate up, and he, he sat down anyway. I thought oh, I can't miss this opportunity I have need to go and say hello at least So I walked up to him oh have a seat Have a seat Gary He pretended he knew me And he didn't And by the way, it's lovely Anyway next thing you know He tells me how They were touring Australia at the time And they were a player down And he said Would you mind coming to play for me For West Ham Against the Olly Roos Next week I was like what are you talking about Play for you and, Well for the first team With like Julian Dix Les Seeley Tony Cotty And all that lot So oh, no, I'm in aren't I of course, there were league restrictions at the time because I signed up for a club. So I run away, I run home, I'll go and get Kate. I'll, take him. I'll go and play for West Ham. <laughs> Who? Oh, my God. They're, yeah. they're big. <laughs> they're massive, in <laughs> fact. But anyway, that's something else. Um, I go get clearance, and then the next thing you know, I'm on a coach to uh, Brisbane to play at the Suncorp Stadium with West Ham and Harry Redknapp, and I did. And I've got seven whole minutes. So my claim to fame is that I played for West Ham which I did, <laughs> but I forget to mention the seven minutes and that he didn't invite me back after.
1: Seven minutes more than many, mate. Seven, seven minutes m- more than many, mate. I love it.
0: So honestly, first time you told <laughs> me, I'm like, that
1: is absolute gold. And <laughs> like, again, like we talk about people's life journeys and experiences and opportunities and just can like grabbing everything that you can. Without, oh, what a, just an epic and what a story to be able to tell. When, well, that's um, the sober version.
0: <laughs> but what it what it did lead to was um, well what followed should I say was I got homesick really quickly in Australia right um, like really bad so I came home so as far as Kate and I were concerned we were done we were finished um, how long have you been out there I, th- I think I lasted six months the six months um, but Kate you know while rock she's on the she's on the plane over and she lives here now um, and fair play to her because that's no easy task moving country yeah. leaving your family and whatever I certainly couldn't do it so who's the bigger person in our in our relationship as my body closes up taking <laughs> a full one on the chin that you right. know that weren't that were the proudest man moment of my life Then anyway, I come home but then it all changed
1: brilliant well t- tell us about that then that, that, that so you've come back now and Kate's come over, you're gonna live a life together over here, and still no plan, job Definitely no plan. So so what, what, what's next to talk to, so yeah, talk to me about that, because obviously you mentioned, and I mentioned again in the intro, that, that talk you did at the Amex, and you talk about people giving you a leg up, and
0: mm.
1: meeting someone who believes in you, and gives you an opportunity. In your mid-20s, you obviously start your own business, but tell, talk to us about from that part to get yeah. into that.
0: that so bit. it's getting serious now, isn't it? So it's. You can have all the love and fun in the world growing up and all the rest of it, but at some point you've got to grow up. So at 19, 20, I'm over here, my friends have done, you know. Even in my mates who didn't go down the academic path, the plumbers, the Sparkies and that, were, were adding a lot of money. So I think the first. I, I can't remember the order, um, but I think the order was that I got a job in Lloyd's TSB, which. As far as people say get a job in a bar, get a job in a call centre as well when you're young. (coughs) You get some abuse there (laughs) uh, and you learn how to handle people. Anyway, I got fired after. I got moved around quite a lot because I had to um, drop big words in just for a laugh. And they all got recorded, didn't they? So I was just continuing being a bit of a noise, really, not taking life too seriously. Then my dad got me a job um, where he was a mechanic. Selling commercial vehicles, and I did that for about the, the wonderful six-month period. <clears throat> but my, then, then it all changed. So, th- I think the, the the clear bit here is I'm still having a laugh on that, but I'm working out that I've got to grow up. Mm. I, I don't want to paint it that I was a complete noose to society. I wasn't. I was just one of those people that was never going to fulfil the potential. So, you can have all the love in the world around you. You got to do something with it, and that mm. that they. That network wasn't present in my life to know what to do next. But I was braver than anyone else. I'd run through walls more than anyone else. I'd make anyone laugh more than anyone else. I'd do more for you than anyone else. <clears throat> but what about me, right? Mm. So very, very fortunately, and this is, this is where luck is, is huge, and it feeds into most things that we do, this guy called Rod Flavel had just a few years before started a, a recruitment company that didn't just recruit people in the tech world, it also trained them up to put them into jobs, right? And he, he had a really good idea. A pretty small company at the time, but he heard about me. But he was also chairman of Salt Dean United Football Club. Uh, and it's in the cheeky chap. He he, he, was, he was far from stupid. He was like, hey, you come in and do a job for me, just call in round and get me meetings type of thing. And I'll give you a job in recruitment. What's recruitment? Oh, I haven't got a clue what that don't you worry about that. Just come and play football for Salt Dean United and I'll give you a job. And the rest is history. So he opened the door to me. I didn't do particularly well there. I think I struggled to spell IT to be honest, which is <laughs> it's not the hardest <laughs> word to spell, I'm not the same yeah. word, but you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> um, but he taught me more there than I'd learned ever before in a in a business world. Yeah. Um but it this became a theme for me as well. It was only a year or two later that I realised what I had and what I'd learned. I'd always learn post-event, oh, yeah. but he gave me a break anyway, and I'm forever grateful for that because it teed me up to uh, to do my own things and start to put things in an order to to get in control. And and,
1: and was it from there then you go and start your
0: own? Well, I did it there. So if. Um, the, the easiest way to package it up is I used to work for him covering UK accounts. Yeah. And then I got moved into the European team to cover more European stuff. That was more chemistry, really. The, the, the guy who ran the UK could see that I was a bit of an idiot. He was a straight batter, very yeah. successful guy. I ended up with a guy with a bit more flexibility to manage me, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> and then we ended up going to Brussels to open some offices up in Brussels. So I was doing a weekly commute there. But Kate had just moved over from Australia, so she wasn't seeing me Monday to Thursday because I was in Belgium, and that just wasn't working. So I handed my notice in and and thanked him with the most soppy resignation letter that he said, don't ever write one like that ever again. (laughs) And and sent me on my way. But he now, their their company's worth multi-multi-millions, and he's incredibly successful, as are all the team there. I'm incredibly proud proud of my tiny, tiny part that I played in in their little... Or huge success story. Wow! And then, but then you, you take that
1: from that, and you you, you believe you learn enough. Still, we're still what are you still 22? I'm 21, 22 now, and you've gone from that, and you go, well, I'm, I'm just going to go and start my own thing.
0: I went from there. I joined a friend who used to work for FDM as they as they are known now. He joined another company. For, I went there for a few years. Did really really well. Um, good company, didn't really fit in with the, the way that it was been managed. Mm. And then for loads of different reasons, right and wrong, four of us quit and then set up ICP search in 2001, completely naive, um, completely stupid, but very, very, very confident in our abilities. But The thing that we got wrong was our timing. Um, not only did we not know what we were doing at the time, we also didn't predict the 9 11 disaster that happened mm-hmm. um, just after we set up and we got hit really hard. Wow. So it was my first moment of uh, <laughs> brave braveness and uh, getting into the big world of business, and then a wallop straight away. A couple of things there. One, like people
1: listening, and you know, people want to start their own business, they're thinking about it, and they go down that path. It's actually quite a, a quality, do you not think, to be a little bit naive when you're starting? It's uh, the greatest it's, gift, right?
0: Yeah. So the greatest gift I have when it comes to the, the entrepreneur word is the naivety to risk, risk that I took. Yeah. Without a doubt, the naivety to every risk I was taking was my gift. So by not knowing yeah. what I was getting myself in, into and having this unconditional love and... Um, confidence about me whilst risky actually with the personality and the people I had around me was the greatest gift by a million miles because I would never have done it would I have done half the things I have done now 20 years later definitely not but I had to do it there was no book that I was going to read that would tell me not to do it and there was no one who was going to tell me not to do something that was going to stop me
1: like because there is that isn't there there's that, that thought if you, whatever it is whether it's starting a family starting a business whatever it is you go oh, I'm going to wait for that perfect time I'll make that plan and I'll do that and I'll well, make sure that people that's do that but. yeah I, I, I'm the same as you like use the football analogy not always the right way but two feet in yeah that's right. I'm in bang let's go <laughs> and then you, you throw yourself into it and
0: then you do learn later maybe that were yeah. not the right thing. we learn from that well, I think a lot's been the word resilience gets used and banded around a lot at the moment. I think we all need resilience. I mm. also think we're a bit, um, we're programmed, Young, younger people are programmed differently to maybe how we were programmed. We were pretty much, you know, get up and we're working it out. I think somewhere in the middle of the way we were brought up, just to get up and get on with it. Mm. I think it's a bit too the other way now, somewhere in the middle's right. Um, but for me, that having a plan is something that definitely underestimated through the years where resilience is um is great but a plan is is better and then you may not need so much resilience yeah i'm with you and i think like you said that word
1: more so for me since since lockdown like you come out of the pandemic and you look like that word got banded around yeah. a lot but we we'll, we had to have it, right? it. It was any business owner who, who ever plans for something like that to to come in and yeah. and smash things up and go. There you go. You got that's not going to happen. And yeah. you and you, no one had that in there in their foot of your plan. Whoever you were, it don't matter. You haven't no. got that that in the locker. So we had to pivot, be resilient. Those words come out of it so much, and but it's such a big thing for any, especially within business. You've
0: got to have it because you're going to take the knocks, in you. <clears throat> Uh, if I don't get punched in the face three times a day then I'm, I'm, I'm having a blinder <laughs> yeah. we, we will get punched in the face every single day and that's cool, you've you got to bat them off it hurts, so what, get on with it, what are you doing about it can't cry about it yeah. mental health is different mental health is, some people need more support than others and we have highs, we have lows, sometimes we're above the line sometimes we're below the line, that's cool again, surround yourself with good people and get whatever help you can, can you can Resilience is, is different. It's not to be confused with mental health. Resilience is the need on a pursuit of something to take a punch or a kick or a fall mm-hmm. and get through it. It's all right. Go again, go again. So long as the pursuit's worth it or the right thing to do, mm-hmm. you've got to take a knock. And after a while, they don't hurt. Yeah. But if you if you take too many in a row, they really hurt. But still, you've got to get through it. Oh, no. See, there's the, I still love the... the
1: I love a movie quote, and I love the the Rocky one where he says it's not about how hard you hit, it's <laughs> yeah. not how hard you get it, and you keep <coughs> going forward. And that's how "Winning, that's how yeah. winning is done or whatever," but it's yeah. it's so true, trit- and you can relate that to business so yeah. much. But talk to me about like with then because you obviously as you've mentioned, even just up until now where you're starting at ICP Surge <laughs> and, and <coughs> launching that uh, resilience and stuff you've shown. But over the years, then with that the mental health side of things. How, how has your mindset been around that? Have you been able to, you obviously, are ups and downs and lows and stuff. What's sure take on that in your in your sense? Like, what do you that? mean? Have you been able to deal with that?
0: Have you suffered from
1: poor yeah. mental
0: health or have I suffered from poor mental health? I don't think so. I, th- I think I stand by it's a thing, mm. and it's something that. Maybe we didn't know enough about when we were, even younger than what we are. Um, I also um, firmly believe it's um, something to be careful of because life is about getting through stuff and survival. Mm. I know I want to be surrounded by happiness and love um, and winning, but that can't be my pursuit every day Mm. because if that's my pursuit every day, I'm not going to handle the knocks that I get along the way yeah. because you're going to get those things are going to happen, people are going to pass, deals aren't going to happen, someone's going to say no, something you expected to happen won't so if if you fall down at those moments and then fall into health this mental health issues, yeah. then it's, that's dangerous right? yeah, yeah, yeah. so you have to pick your path accordingly, dependent on you as an individual person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough as part of my DNA to be in the job that I do now that if I fell off my bike, I'm back on it. If I got a dead arm, it didn't hurt, shut up moaning or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So my mental health over the years has been up and down. Of course it has. Yeah. But until I knew about it, I didn't know about it. Yeah. But now that I know about it, um, you know, I have good days and bad days. But I'll always look for the best in every day and I'll deal with the bad thing knowing that it will pass. But I'm I'm lucky like that. Not everyone's lucky.
1: Like that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Okay, I just wanted to say something about one of our sponsors, Preston Insurance Brokers. Insurance is all about peace of mind, making sure that you're protected no matter what. There's no such thing as one size fits all, which is why Preston insurance brokers take the time to understand your business, how it works and how all the pieces fit together. Because they understand your needs and whatever risks your business faces, they can offer you bespoke insurance cover to help your business grow with confidence. Always safe in the knowledge that should the worst ever happen, they'll be here to help you weather the storm. Protecting businesses for over a decade, Preston Insurance Brokers will ensure that you're always in safe hands. No one on the team have been looking after all my business insurance for many years and offer a truly fantastic personal service. To find out more, contact the team at www.prestoninsurancebrokers.co.uk. Your business, your insurance. Okay, back to the podcast. Well, I want to I want to move on because I want to talk about that. It's something that I touch on in most episodes, and something we've spoke about many times and about culture within a company, right? And I want to look at it's the bloodline of a business, really, and I look at you know, the process and people I've known have worked with you, worked for you and that over the, over 20 odd years of, of running ICP shirts and obviously love local jobs and the foundation and stuff. Talk to me about about culture and the culture that you've created within those organisations. Yeah, so I d- what I don't want to do now is sound like someone who's got it right. Because um, from the outside, and yeah. from someone who definitely got it wrong and we spoke about it, like I just said I've definitely got it wrong. From the outside, I looked it up on US
0: getting it. Yeah, well that that's marketing, isn't it? Yeah. Um so as a as a twenty six year old when I started I C P our culture was hire anyone that you like and um can have fun with and go smash it up. Is that a culture or is that a cult? <laughs> it's a cult, isn't it? <laughs> it's a culture. Yeah. Um so there was no depth to us. And we did well. and Whilst we were winning, we were great, but then when we were losing and we took a kick or a loss, how did we deal with that together? Not well. You, you worked out quickly. had a bunch of individuals that had no, nothing in common, mm. apart from they knew each other. Um, then we go, I kind of went on like that. So ICP for the first 10 years was, was a reasonable force in, in recruitment, mm. um, but no real plan again, no real plan. Um, just mostly good people. Um, so that I don't really count that part of ICP. I've got incredible memories mm. of it, like so many, and so many good people that were there. Yeah. But as an, as a leader and as a company owner, I can take no credit apart from being myself for the culture it created. And I know that it created good and bad on that.
1: Mm.
0: Not disastrous, but not great. When you hear people talk about culture now, those who get it right, get it right. Mm. So, so if, I, if I kind of get to where we are now, I love it, I love our culture, I'm proud of our culture, I'm loyal to our culture, and you'd find it hard for me to talk badly about anyone in my team or those that surround me. But when I didn't have a grip in my business, or maybe when I wasn't on the ball enough, it was bang average. But, of course, on marketing terms, it was great. Yeah. Come work for us, the best team. Well, it's cut paste off someone else's, isn't it? it? all saying the same stuff. Why is it a good culture now? We're well, on the same page. We're on a journey. We're all at different parts of our journey. But we share experiences to help each of us get to the next part of our journey. We know where we want to go. We know what success looks like. We know what failure looks like. Um we're committed to the cause, we're, we're humble. We can make mistakes, it's okay, it's cool. Humility, put your hand up, made a mistake, it's cool. What have you learned from it, how do we get around it? So it's that whole sense of togetherness that makes a team, which is ultimately what we are. Some people say family, that they like family, some people like team, whatever. Yeah. We're a unit that's very, very close we're on the same page. But there's a danger there, particularly in a commercial environment because we have targets to hit. So. It's very difficult to have a strong culture within an environment where you've got to hit a certain number every day, week, month. Because mm. if you're not hitting that number, if I'm a ruthless manager or leader, you're gone. But I'm not. So what's, I have to work out from my seat, what's our pursuit here? Is it to look after everyone so they achieve their goals or is it my individual goal to hit X of whatever million and whatever? So where well, I'm a different leader to many, But the same as most I feel is that my objective isn't money or watches or boats and crap like that. I'm not interested. And good luck to anyone whose pursuit that is. If that's genuinely their goal, then crack on. Mm. Mine is one of a journey of enjoying every moment, giving back, and a a team of togetherness around me. So I can sleep every night, achieve my goals, and, and win together. And that's what we've got. And if people don't work out along the way, they go with... Their pride and dignity and all the rest of it, because it's just a, a destination too far for them, or that's not right. But we've got that right now, and I'm, yeah, I'm really, really proud of it. But I wouldn't sit here and go, "Well, we've had it right for 26 years," because we definitely have not. And and and
1: you as a as a leader then, and creating that culture, or helping to create that culture where it is right now. Have you felt that like, as a
0: leader, you? You're a, you're a different leader now to what you was. Oh, then. million percent! Like if you if you spoke to the team as far back as 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 far back stroke as recent as five years, I would have been very different. So to to give you some kind of time hmm. line on that, 26 I started ICP, 35 I set love local up. So I set that up to get away from recruitment. I was starting to hate recruitment at around 35. You don't typically get much love in recruitment. You kind of get, where's my CVs? Piss off, or you're too expensive. That's, that's kind of the feedback you get in recruitment. And when you're a, a people giver or a um, someone who wants to help others, yeah. you don't want to be hearing that 20 times a day as a recruiter. Mm-hmm. So I embarked upon setting up Brighton Hove jobs. Um, which then became lovelocaljobs.com, as it is today, and whatever. And the the whole heartbeat of whilst that started off as a job board was we wanted to help young people in our community get the break that they deserve in order to go reach their full potential. And that obviously is linked to Rod and the break he gave me. Mm. So whilst I had everything about me, I was never going to realise my full potential unless someone gave me a break. So that's, that's why that set up. But if you if you speak to people at different phases through that growth with me, you'll, you'll you'll see different things. So once I got so engrossed into LoveLocalJobs.com, I took my eye off ICP. So the guys running it there took it in a different direction to maybe what I would have taken it. But I was still the far majority shareholder. But I didn't have any DNA or grip on my own business. So I proposed an MBO. So if you ask the people who worked at ICP then, what I was like, they're going, Gary. Peters, what? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, so he didn't really know. So I was too far removed. So then the MBO failed, which is disastrous. So if you want to talk about resilience, we'll talk about that in a minute because yeah. that's the hardest thing ever. Um, then COVID. Then an investor pinching more of our staff that had it was impossible for them to say no, so they left. So we got we got a hat trick of disasters that happened to us within a period of three years. That I don't, I'd say only in the last two years we've come out of. Don't put that on your marketing board, though. Dear, having an absolute disaster here. Um, so the the culture post MBO is cling hold of everyone, buy everyone everything they need, and just see where you are. Because I didn't know what way was up. Because so I had to go back and run ICP, and then we move on to where we are now, having not gone bust, kept keeping it going, creating a team environment, re-establishing who we are, and doing everything right. Our culture is fantastic. So I do want
1: to touch on the MBO and, and that process, pandemic and and, and, and stuff like that. I, I just want to one thing I want to take out is look at the 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 start of the Love Local Jobs journey or Brighton and Hove Jobs as it was then yeah. to come to Love Local Jobs. But that d- d- do you feel one of the main reasons for starting that because it aligned with more of you as an individual and your purpose and what yeah. you um, that, what's the Japanese thing ikigai yeah. where well, we go like, yeah. That, yeah. that love local jobs ticked more of those boxes than ICP did.
0: yeah <clears throat> so I think to, to keep it like medium light on on topic but help people out who may go through this at some point that I was given a break into recruitment mm. so I didn't choose it I don't think many people do choose recruitment <laughs> by the way Um, I was very good at it it wasn't fulfilling my purpose so at that time I was trustee of Albion in the community as well Mm. an incredibly successful charity, the charitable arm of obviously Brighton Albion Football Club Mm. and one of the things I did there was to go to Burkina Faso for example which was then I believe the third poorest country in the world and we went there with a team from Adidas and a few other football clubs like QPR and others I can't remember Everton were there (coughs) anyway the idea of our trip was to go there and deliver AIDS awareness to young people in Burkina Faso because the witch doctors in the area were convincing them that um, Americans, which we all are because we're white, were putting AIDS in condoms to kill them. So they weren't wearing condoms to uh, in in their activities, um, which was of course spreading disease. So anyway, we turned up with a bag of footballs in the middle of a field with Adidas and a few football clubs and all the rest of it. And then Before you know it, dozens and then hundreds of young people are turning up with the biggest smiles on their faces. They've got AIDS, they've got malaria, they've got no money, they have nothing. But through the power of football, we had a connection like I've never seen. And the smiles on those faces, through everything we did through playing football to the education of, hey, that doesn't actually happen you should wear these things and this is how you put one on and all the rest of it not literally yeah, I have yeah, to say yeah, yeah, yeah. with various vegetables. Yeah. Um, <laughs> i just got to see first hand how you don't need anything to be happy apart from, from love right And I know that sounds cheesy so I don't want to go all hippie on you here but at, at that moment then it was like okay there's something different here so after getting growing recruitment and all various stages of success and failure and wallies and heroes and all the rest of it, it is like ah oh, that's what it's all about <clears throat> so it was a it was like a a moment so yeah it is that that purpose and it absolutely fed into with a whole load of other stories why love local was set out because it it does feel better to give the the thing i hadn't worked out at the time is you need something to give so all i've ever given really is time and and energy and spirit and all the rest of it but always behind the scenes i've been working really hard to, to keep those things going. But it's definitely my why and it's definitely why I got through the MBO failure because there's a bigger purpose to life than, than just business, right? I love that. I love that. And it's look,
1: again, I guess me and you have, have, have spoke offline a lot and, uh, and, uh, and about that and that is that drive. And I do want to come on to this later about the success side of it cause I want, before we touch on the MBO. But it is... It, it is that bro, that drive and that ambition, that energy that we both share, and a lot of business owners will have that. And you go, and you, what is it? What is it we're striving for? Why? And the the delay in happiness because it's gonna that's where it's gonna be when I get to that destination, yeah. that point. You know, taking that out of your mind and having because I'm <laughs> I've just finished a book, Think Like a Monk, and no, I blew my mind. I'm not I'm gonna go and start wearing orange robes and join the ashram. Do you know what I mean? But the that th- th- we can learn from wisdom and stuff like that in the past, and actually, yeah. that like you said, back to the whole thing of why why we're here, what to love and be loved. Right?
0: It, it, it sounds easy, I know. It, I don't know. It, there's huge amounts in it, and you have got to think all these books and and um, libraries of um, advice and wisdom like that. It comes from people going through stuff, right? So why mm. don't we listen to it? And yeah. like you say, you don't have to. Follow it in its full pursuit. Mm. I'm, I'm quite into stoicism in a way. And there's loads of other things. Mm. It doesn't mean you're, you're going to join a cult or, <laughs> or do this, that, and the other. But it's just ways of dealing with stuff that typically resonates with where you're at in your life, right? Mm. Um, but is it, um, it's Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, isn't it? That mm. talks about those things that you essentially need. And w- without going off piece too much, I'm, I'm just driven mad and sad particularly it used to be young people but it's older people now as well who just are living their life behind a camera with a fake smile it, it, yeah. it's tragic because they're not happy they're just trying to look happy to be happy and it, yeah. it, what a load of rubbish that is and yeah, um, yeah I'd worked that out a long time ago yeah. um, but that can often be perceived as a sign of weakness as well in leadership of course you've got to really understand the battles you get yourself into and um, pick your battles carefully because whilst one set of employees or your team are are gonna buy into it, many won't. And when we had the the failed MBO, many did not buy into the way that I did stuff. Maybe some because I didn't have a grip on my own business, which I most certainly didn't. So having run Love Local for 10 years, my foot wasn't on the gas with ICP, and I certainly wasn't up to date with our client base and what we were doing. So anyone, who may have found that hard, who worked there at that time, would have been within their rights if, if they were the reasons. Yeah. But there were one or two that just didn't buy into the team thing and all the rest of it, and then you know you've got a problem with your culture. And it's not that they're wrong or I'm right. It's just different. Different. <clears throat> and that's where we didn't have um, alignment or clarity on what our behaviours were, our values, and what we're all about. And We certainly didn't have transparency about where we were going because we were in survival mode. And that, of course, if you're in a team doesn't know where it's going can cause anxiety and stress and all the rest of it so it's a really dark time post MBO so you're angry well maybe I should start with why did it happen Look, it, yeah. it happened because I wanted to pursue Love Local jobs. which um, so you had that conversation with well, I'm gonna yeah I well it. I put it to them because they were running it and we, we had different agendas to what success was um my ideas were different theirs weren't wrong or right and neither were mine we, we were we were differing. Hmm. Um, so I wanted to go that way, they wanted to go that way. So without getting too much into the the politics of it, um we couldn't agree a price. And that was that. It you know, it, it fell apart. So it was one of those areas and it was the final one for me where well, how old was I then? It was about seven years ago, I think. I've I've lost track of time on it now. I'm too old. <laughs> but it was the pandemic through a couple of we lost a couple of years
1: didn't we so we didn't know it was going on so, we
0: have, so we've got so if we go through a timeline school up until uh eighteen, nineteen, just funny hilarity life right mm. unconditional love and all the rest of it naivety at its best wonderful time then 20 to 35 um, working in business, setting up my own businesses, still loving life with unconditional love and naivety and all the rest of it, right? Just getting through it, the Gary way, right? And then proposing an MBO and it failing. Oh, okay, here we go. So all of that link from, or the link is to what I mentioned before, uh, nan and granddad, mum and dad and all the rest of it would go, you're so lucky. Even my wonderful sister, another part of my life that's using another one who's a lot smarter academically than me. Um, You're so lucky, la, 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 Shit, I'm not now. I've just failed an MBO, everything could go very, very wrong here. <clears throat> so everything was great, failed MBO. Suddenly we were losing tens of thousands of pounds every month, I had a team of people that I had to look after. We were looking at bankruptcy, we were looking at um, selling the house if we were lucky. Everything could have gone, and that, and that dragged on for about 18 months and, and I'd like to think the guys that left wouldn't laugh at this point but maybe they will maybe they won't i never know and, and nor do I care mm-hmm. I would like it if they were if we were to meet one day and go hey that one we didn't deal with it the best way would be a, a fair way of putting it mm-hmm. they've gone on to be incredibly successful we've taken our time on that journey very much so but one million percent stronger for it a more experienced, and a better man for going through it. So I'm thankful that we've gone through it. So I'm often asked, would you change anything in your life? And people expect me to say, yeah, I'd change that. I'll do it again and again, because it's made me stronger, hungrier, more experienced, a better man, a better dad, a better leader, and all the rest of it. Because everything was going too well before then. Because leading up to that, then,
1: because leading up to that process, you know, let's look at the, like you say, the... The marketing, the social media, the the, the, the message out there. You, yeah. You, one entrepreneur of the year, you was businessman of the year, lo- local jobs and everything, winning awards and stuff. Was w- w- at that point, like you say, you, maybe you took your eye off it, whatever that that was. That process. If you look at where you were then, was that? D- did you feel at that point when you have won them things like, oh, I've achieved what I, like that yeah. level of success? <clears throat> was there ever that process in your head?
0: Not really because growing up I'd always, I have always been, I have always put myself near center of attention or or if not, in the center. So winning those awards I was incredibly proud of um, and we had worked incredibly hard Mm. to get that recognition. So I didn't think I'd made it, because we were on a journey. And we certainly weren't making huge amounts of money, but we were successful. Mm. You know, we're making enough, we're turning over, we're having good times, and life's good. Mm. We're on a journey. I was more proud of the awards we won after, the failed MBO, like best international recruitment company for ICP search within any sector. That's a huge achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won a few thereafter they they felt and tasted a lot better having gone through something so if anything I felt more of a fraud at the beginning so whilst we deserved them they weren't hard mm-hmm. we just sponsored Bright Noval a few years before we were on 25,000 shirts around Sussex and, and around the world there were shirts popping up I even saw one in Australia <laughs> one day when I was out there so I had it easy and uh, and I'm mindful of that but I'm I'm so glad. Kate would differ. You know, she's a she's a risk averse person, and yeah. she's had to carry some strain over the, the past post that MBO, as we all have. Yeah. But I carry it in a different way because I'm I'm more of a hustler. You know, I'm going to fight my way out of it. But I've got to protect my wife and my family at the same time, and that's hard. But I'm glad I went through it, and I'd do it again and again. Just not. I'll be a bit more careful not to next time. <laughs> I asked Kate the same question. Would she go stay the same? No, No. but that's DNA, isn't it? But I wouldn't have done it without her, and she wouldn't have got through it without me. And equally, she wouldn't be in that mess in the first place if it wasn't for me. So, (laughs) again, that kind of goes back to education on the plan, doesn't it? Because we are where we are, but we're a team. And if anything, people learn
1: from listening to that conversation because you say about it, you got quite dark for you at that time how, how dark, did you get down to that point where you usually start was there a point where you thought ever you thought I've just got to pack this up and call it a day was there, or did that ever go into your head or was it as you mentioned many times that you go this is a problem I've got to solve this solution and
0: this is going to pass so, during that time I got introduced to a lady called Helen Guinness Um Actually, I got introduced to her when we, we did the sponsorship of um, Brighton O'Valbion because I was getting called into various networking events and conferences and whatever to do a talk. And suddenly I, I was expected to know everything about, you know, employment and this, that and the other, and I certainly didn't. So, you know, I could her in she was uh, recommended to me to um, teach me how to present because I had absolute fear of that. So as a people-pleaser, non-educated blagger. What self-credibility did I have in myself to go and present to people? Well, zero, because I can't blag it in front of 200 people on a stage, can I? I've Mm -hmm. got to talk facts. So what's the first thing she does? I don't know what her hourly rate was, and I know she was doing me a favour. But it was more than I thought it was going to be. And then she wants to talk to me about growing up and stuff like that. I'm going, no, 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 just teach me about how to present (laughs) and all that. (laughs) Gary! Tell me about your mum, your dad, this, that and the other. Anyway, several weeks later and God knows how much money, but worth every penny. And I would have paid 10 times it now on reflection. Um, she, she did about an hour on presenting, <laughs> about 20 hours on discovering me. Um, but it's, it's the best thing that I had done because it, bet, it better prepared me for life in general. <clears throat> it's a very long way of giving recognition to Helen, who I'm eternally grateful for. Uh, and that period in my life because that training along with the DNA in my life and those people around me at the time when it did get to a failed MBO, of course I thought about shutting everything down of course I did because I had to work out what am I in control of what can I influence and what can I let go of so well, I wasn't in control I had to influence it and if I couldn't influence it I had to let go so, for the foundation's perspective, albeit well, it was pre-foundation, it was it was doing a foundation's job. Can I influence it to stay around? Yeah. Do I want to let it go? No, I don't. Would it have been easier to go bankrupt? Hell yeah. Walk away like they all do. Those shady people. Just you know, own thousands, millions, whatever, and then they cut you off and they start again. That winds me up. Yeah. Some people have no choice. I give. I give yeah. them that. And, I would very quickly separate them from the many that are not authentic in their decisions. So we went through it. Um, Did we think about shutting the job board down? Absolutely. Did we do it? No. Could I have gone bankrupt? Would it have been easier? Yes. We got through it. ICP, should we shut it down? No. We're going to rebuild it. We're going to make it better and stronger and all the rest of it. (coughs) So there were choices. I definitely went there again and again and again, but we maintain control. But I remember we had a chap who worked for us alleged lad. I'm still good friends with him. And the um, he stayed at our house for six months because it is around COVID this particular time, post the MBO fail. He was having a tough time, he's staying with us. And it, we were still going through cash flow problems as you might imagine during a COVID period and yeah. having just <laughs> yeah. survived a failed MBO and losing another layer of management from an investor that decided to copy our, our business plan and, and set up, right? So I was starting to wonder actually if I'd done anything wrong in a former life. And <laughs> just how stupid am I really to get myself in this mess? Anyway, the, the chap who stayed with us, I won't say his name because he'd probably be embarrassed, but he did a deal this particular day that it was, it was on our dining room table and we needed that payment to come in and we were gone. And it come in and me, him and Kate just burst into tears because um, it was the deal that kept us going um, wow. amongst several around that time. But that's how tight it was. So, yeah, you've got your marketing going on. We're this, we're that, we're the other. But behind the scenes, like, if you're going to be a, an entrepreneur or business owner, you've got, you've got to take some punches in the face and, and, and work really hard. But always wonder and know where you're going and have a plan, which is why I'm excited for the second half of my life. But you, listen, the man of people I've had on here when you talk about the knocks and
1: you know, the ups and downs of front of, like, and you, you talk about getting punched in the face, like, listen to that, because the NBA was that 29? Was that about that period around that, a bit well, around that time? 23.
0: I'm, 20. oh, I'm going to go six or seven years ago, seven. So
1: you've got that, then you then you
0: get <laughs> then the pandemic, like I said. Well, well, the, the actual order, to give some detail to it, was the NBA failed. <laughs> So suddenly I've got to go and look after a team of about 30 that was costing about 150 grand a month to run and we weren't capable of bringing in 60 to 80 at that time. So that's a lot of hemorrhaging of money. (coughs) And how long did that period last for? It lasted longer than... um, It lasted longer than ideal. (laughs) It it lasted longer than I expected because I got a grip of it quite quick, actually. Mm. But then it then it started to fall apart because the culture wasn't right, and nor was the direction. I didn't actually have a grip. Yeah. I'd I'd formed fake bonds with people, not because I was being fake. But obviously, several of them were being through that process because they just wanted to cling onto a job while they found something else to get out of this disaster of a crazy place.
1: Yeah.
0: However, several people stayed who are in my team now, and you know my loyalty's there for a very long time. i.e. forever. Um, mm-hmm. But they, it, it lasted a long time. But that's because we didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Who knows what to do there? There's no book on that one. so oh, i it must like you're talking.
1: It must have been like Tyson Fury's <laughs> giving you a colour wax on a gin after
0: it. I I can't. Um. The, the feeling. What's the word? Discom. What discombobulate? Is it uh, the, oh, the confusion but, and the yeah. and the um, stress. The anxiety and everything through that period was incredible. But again, I'm thankful for it. Because as you you allude to it, it's just stronger, mate. Stronger, more experienced, and a wake-up call to take life a bit more seriously and have a plan. Otherwise, it can all be gone like that.
1: Incredible. Incredible story, oh, look, and it's brilliant. Look, like you said, when you when you're in, and how many people maybe even listen to this? And I know I've been nowhere near that level, but certainly to points where you do question, you know, it could all go. This is not going right. Well. I've got a Robin Peter to pay Paul, and, and and as business owners, we do that, don't we? We juggle when you're trying to get that. But just to listen to to that process and what's happened, and how that's you are but to still knuckle down and know that you can actually you can come out the other side if you surround yourself with good people <coughs> if, you yeah, if you believe in yourself and
0: and i throw thrown there do the right thing yeah,
1: it wouldn't have
0: been the right thing to go bust yeah, yeah so pride in that 20% doing the right thing 80 is there, li- is there a little bit
1: inside you as well where you go for the people that left for the MBO and mm. went and left unit there you go I'll, I'll,
0: I'll prove it to them I've just got this and I'll take it back used to I've got nothing to prove there they've done alright they would do we had 10 years of business that they've now got yeah. that I did have because I took my foot off the gas so I don't I don't agree with the way it was handled at the time but I don't begrudge their reasoning for doing it and I don't begrudge my reasoning for not accepting what I felt was right at that time so I wish them all the best, but I, I, I'll i stick by it. could have been done
1: better.
0: Yeah. I'm, I was disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Not angry. I understand why. There's always two sides to every story, right? Yeah. But
1: I bet you there's many people that perhaps wouldn't be able to go there in their minds. Yeah, but... but Fair play to you for doing it, and I think uh, there's one thing listening to you to uh, a better process with Helen as well, and, and stuff like that. And just leading up to that, there was something I kind not I'm keen to just touch on the whole imposter syndrome thing mm-hmm. you mentioned about getting up in front of people and, and that side of it. And, and 200 people would I know, like I've yeah. it all, like, mm-hmm. I I'll, I'll feel like that a fair bit, and uh, I'm keen to just to add you with that. Sort of things now, because you have like, again, I would look at you from the outside and and because i 've got to know you as well, and someone I look up to as an, a business owner and again back to culture and all the things that you 've done and achieved, and oh, i would love to achieve that and that you know that sort of element, but you you know where, where is you, where are you now in relation to imposter syndrome and that type, do you still suffer from that to a degree, or um. are you much more? because of everything you've been through, do you feel, well, oh, I, I can be an expert in these fields because of, no. because of what I've... Uh, How do, uh, I do I feel about
0: that? I, but I didn't know what imposter syndrome was until a few years ago. Just say so, that out there. Who so. right? yeah. <laughs> did? So it's Isn't another it? thing <laughs> that yeah, <clears throat> is on the list to decide whether I am or I'm not. But, yeah. um, I went through life and probably still continue to to a point with a mask of happiness and positivity. Mm. So I'm a happy and positive person. I love that. So when I go somewhere, I'm expected to be that person. So When I'm in a room where I should know what I'm talking about, I should be that person and know what I'm on about. When I was a lot younger, I would not have that confidence, and I'd rely on my mask to get out of a situation or into a good situation or whatever. Mm. Blaggy, del esque if you like. <laughs> <clears throat> As I've got older, with confidence, I can talk about stuff that I'm comfortable with, which is most things. Mm. And now that I don't have anything to prove to anyone, I, if I don't know, I don't know. Mm. It's all right. And I'd say that in any matter on anything. So even if I'm an expert on it, I don't know. It's fine. So I'm cool with it. But when I get on stage and talk about something I don't know and pretend to, no. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to talk about something I know about, let's go. It's all good. You still get sweaty palms. Yeah. You know? yeah. I've got a plan here. There's all my notes. I haven't looked at them yet. A little <laughs> yeah. reminder in there. But you plan, don't you? You plan for the worst, hope for the best. and yeah. Yeah, It'll be all right.
1: Look, I want to. I wanna, we're coming towards obviously the end, and I'll, there's a couple of things obviously I want to I want to touch on. But one, what's come out of doing the podcast and over eighty or nearly ninety episodes now, is is this definition around success, which is different for everyone, and we've alluded to it throughout the, throughout the throughout the episode, I guess. But in your in your journey. Looking back where you've been, where you are now, and where where, where you're going, how do you define success where, on that, on, on your journey so far, and where you're going, right? <coughs> what's what, what success to you, how do you define it? Um,
0: my relationship with Kate. We have, the there's a saying which I'll, I'll mention in a minute. We work together and we're husband and wife and we're mother and father. Um, our bond is so tight that we both can't imagine lives without one another, however hard it is mm. on a day, which it can be, right? Mm. But that, that bond is significant. My kids are the best thing ever. They're very different, but they're the same in every way, as mm. you could well imagine. Um, I'm incredibly proud of them for loads of reasons that I won't gush off on now because it's embarrassing. But they know I'm proud of them and I love them with mm. unconditional love. My family, are incredible, and I spend as much time as I possibly can with them. Not enough, but I do that. Um, I've got a bracelet on, which is probably the most material thing I've got, which is my granddad's wedding ring melted down. My nan's wedding ring melted down. That's the top of his wedding ring. This is some gold that Kate left me, well not left me, it gave me when I was a lot younger. And we melted it all down with the engraving God bless in there, right? That's my little thing. I've got a coin in my back pocket that Charlie gave me, um, which is my good luck coin. Where is it? Short Shorts are too tight, <laughs> mate. There's my lucky coin. Um, so I've got my family, I've got my best mates, strong network, got my lucky bracelet and coin. That'll do me right. So my, my idea of success is that. I'm proud of that. Anything we achieve thereafter... It's all good. I'll keep pushing. I'll keep trying my best every day. I want to win, but that—that's success. I'm happy. They're happy. What, what else is there? What, what do I need? Do I need? Do I need a Rolex? Do I need a Lamborghini? Do I need to give it a large one? No, no. Success is right there.
1: I love it. I, what? What? One? One other thing. But what then? Because I completely. And after. Going on my journey and, and doing this 90 odd episodes and where I am probably right now, the biggest thing I've learned is exactly that. Well, that's where I am in my head and I'm there. But if it's still that thing, what then still drives us, still keeps us going? and Still on that treadmill and running around 100 miles an hour and spinning all the plates and doing all the things we do. What? Why is that still? Why is that still there?
0: Well, that's who you are, right? In terms depends what your pursuit is. What? Well, I won't flip it on you. We'll be here the no. day, won't we? But <laughs> if you're doing it for a reason of ambition, then then why wouldn't you? you could, I'll bring my kids up to try their best every day. Mm. Um, be nice to everyone. Don't. There, there's quicker ways to win a race or be rich. Mm-hmm. Do it the right way. Um, you don't want to get bored. I think you asked me several months ago. What did you ask me? And I. I think we were a couple of glasses of gin and tonic or wine in, <laughs> and I chewed you up for it. You said, "Are you content?" And I, I got all philosophical about it, didn't I? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm con- right now. I'm content. I'm happy. I'm, you know, it's a new surrounding for me, but this is cool. Yeah. I'm content when I'm at home and I've put my feet up and I've had a hard day. But in life, if I if the lights were switched off now, I'm I'm cool with that. That's a bit early. I'm 47. Yeah. I shouldn't be, but why not? Am I proud of everything that's happened? Would I change it? No. Would I change one thing? No. Nothing. I'd do it all again. It's, it's made me who I am, and it's made that bond with my family, and we're all where we are because of that. Um, but I don't. No, that, that's it. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm not. There's yeah. a, you've got to keep pushing on. You, you know, yeah, otherwise yeah. you die, don't you? So we've got loads of things to achieve. Can't yeah. wait. But, so it's we'll get there. I'll get there. I don't know
1: times right now we get to the point and I always ask what's the future hold me and you have obviously spoke about it and I know obviously we've got authentic resilience the podcast coming which is very very exciting and I think it's gonna be awesome um, talk to me a little bit about that and what's ahead for that and actually just let's start it off with what what does authentic resilience mean to you so
0: if if people have stayed awake who have listened to this, they'll they work out that, you know, whilst I haven't had a plan and that, there's been authenticity all the way through it, rightly or wrongly. Um and whilst we didn't go into the depths of some of the dark times as as a business owner, as a person, as a mum, as a dad or whatever, you you're gonna go through tough times, right? You're gonna need to be resilient, like we touched on. There's too many um in in my in my vision, there's too many people that go the wrong way, do the wrong thing to get somewhere. Not a fan of that. There's far too many people that are on the pursuit of a watch or the biggest house, the biggest car, and all that material-led crap. I can't bear it. Hmm. And they take up too much time on our social media platforms and all the rest of it. But actually, there's far more people out there who are genuine good people. Um, And I want to build a community of those good people, irrespective of wealth, status or whatever. Um, I want to hear their stories of being authentic. Whether they found it, maybe they used to be a complete whatever. Maybe they're not now or whatever. I want to hear their story on authenticity and resilience combined. And I want to share those stories to empower a community where we can make positive change. And And I'm so excited to do it so it's going to be more than a podcast it's going to be a community of people and who knows what we can achieve maybe we'll mental business maybe we'll start up businesses maybe we'll provide consultancy services doing other stuff but it'll start with a podcast talking to some incredible people within my network where we'll hear their story and go into a bit of detail on what that journey means for them and how they got through the other end and, and go on a journey with that I can't wait I'm going to learn so much doing it um and yeah, I'm buzzing for it and it just link everything up for me
1: yeah.
0: what's it all about so you know, I've been through everything I've been through I've won loads of things, I'm so happy and I've been kicked in the, in the ghoulies more than enough times what do I want to do with that well the foundation, that has got some big news coming up in a few months which I can't really share yet I've got my first guest on the podcast that I can't share, I'm so excited about that but wrapping it all up, whether it be authentic resilience, ICP certs, love local jobs, love local jobs foundation. We're there to help people reach their full potential in life. So that's what we're going to carry on doing, and I can't wait.
1: Love it, I love it, mate. Um, uh, um, it's been brilliant. Actually, chatting. To you about it, and and with the podcast and getting it up, and and seeing you actually go, I'm going to do this, and then go, and, and knowing this coming soon as well. Well, gonna... you've been massive
0: in that, so I thank you know, mate, very much. Mate, I wouldn't know a, what to do. A, what an, well, well, they a, call again that microphone,
1: yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> mate. We're between us, we're, not, we're technophobes. I'm huh? like, I'll press, a, I'll press a button, and luckily it works. We had a little bit of a wobble earlier when something weren't working. I've sorted so it. I've sorted it. All we're all there, good. but um, but it's going to be absolutely epic, and I think you know. Certainly, I can't wait to to listen to that first episode, and it's going to be um, I'm I'm buzzing for it, mate. So yeah, I'm very you, very very excited for you. And um, listen, thank you for coming on, and and finally, thank you for coming <laughs> on, and um, and just sharing your incredible incredible story and journey with me and and our listeners. And um, there's so many things that they will take away right. as as I have, and I, I guess for me, uh, the other side of it has been fortunate enough to sort of know you for the last certainly the last 10 years and that that part of that journey and it's been amazing to see where you are and all what you've come through and how you've come out the other side and actually where you're going now which is uh
0: thank you for having me it's my pleasure hopefully someone can take something out of it and and sure not made the mistakes we've made or or whatever right but yeah it's been fun doing it thank you for having me we're
1: going to finish with our quick fire questions love these here we go who's the person you would most like to say sorry to but haven't
0: (coughs) Um, sorry to Kate for living in England. <laughs> but I've said it. I have said it plenty of times. It's a quite sad one. If I if I've got one, but I'll keep it quick. When when my granddad found out he had cancer, um, I was there in the mar in the when he found out it was you know the end type thing. I was there in the room, and I didn't hang around because I was scared of not being back for my lunch break with my then employer. um And shortly after it, he passed. And that that always sat with me as something I can't forgive myself for. He he would have been cool with it. But for me, I didn't hang around in that darkest moment of his life, and I won't forgive myself for that. Which is why anyone brings anything up at work to do with family, that's it, they can go, do what you like. Bit more serious mate, than you wanted. It, it. It? No, but you asked
1: the question. Uh, mate, thank you for thanks for sharing it, mate. It's and like like you said, things happen in our life <laughs> for whatever reason and we take them out, whether we forgive us or we not, but actually look at then as a leader and someone that you are now and how that's changed the uh, process how many people you maybe have allowed to have their moments. Yeah. I was young. I was stupid. <laughs> If, if, you had to, if you had to choose just one, what piece of advice would you like our listeners to take away from the conversation today? Um,
0: there's loads of little bit of advice in there, isn't there? But I, I'll go with the saying, the grass is greenest where it's watered the most. So just, you know, look after your own garden. Don't go looking at everyone else's all the time. Your life's cool, your garden's good. Pick your garden, pick what you want in it, look after it, it'll be great. Just concentrate on your garden. I love that. You said that to me a few times and I love that. I
1: love that one. Okay. It's going to be an interesting one because you sort of semi-answered this in different things but if if you could go back to one point in your life and change it,
0: what would it be and what would you change? Other than the one I've just mentioned, nothing. Really? Okay. I've dug deep on that question before. No, 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 no. I'd leave it. Even There's things I've done wrong. Um, Dumb not proud of and all the rest of it it's loads of things I've done right but I wouldn't I'm not going to go as cheesy mate and go I wouldn't be here with you Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't have my my family wouldn't be where they are now my team at work who are incredible wouldn't be who they are and where they are right now and so on and so forth so no you know that that one second change changes everything doesn't it so no I'm good final one
1: Your one rule for living a fulfilled life.
0: Um, Find a way to smile every day, enjoy every single moment and be grateful.
1: Mate, it has been a true honour to have you on. Thank you so much. It's been a fantastic episode and a brilliant way to finish series four. So, uh, mate, thank you very much. Thank you again. And that, as they say, is a wrap. This is the County Business Talks Podcast, produced by H2 Productions.